Hey, it's Tim Hughes here. I'm the CEO and co-founder of DLA Night. We help people with social selling and using social to do business transformation. You're listening to the Art of Communication podcast with my good friend, Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I'm talking with Tim Hughes. Tim is the founder and CEO of DLA Ignite. He was also ranked as the number one social selling influencer by Analytica. He is the author of Social Selling, Influencing Buyers and Changemakers, which is a great book. I definitely recommend it. He's also the author of a book called Smarketing. And he actually was responsible for rolling out social selling at Oracle to over 4,000 salespeople, so no small job there. And we get into a lot of different things. One, how do you build trust and relationships with people who you've never actually met leveraging social selling? He tells stories about how he and we can get in front of C-suite executives by leveraging his, his approaches. He also shares his formula for social selling success. And we talk about how to appropriately shift the conversation from a social landscape to one that's actually in person. If you're in a sales role, you have to listen to this one. I guarantee that you'll walk away with some powerful approaches that will help you to grow your pipeline. So thanks, Tim, for joining me. Super excited to have you on the Art of Communication podcast today. Um, uh, Just really excited for you to join us. Thanks for taking the time today. Greg, when you contacted me and said, will I go on your podcast? Of course I would. Great talking to you. And as prep, I looked at all the questions and I thought, this person is serious about podcasts and that's a great thing to say thank you <laughs> i appreciate that tim i really do a little background tim and i have had the opportunity to work together in the past and he's given me tremendous guidance around how to sell socially right how to build relationships through social channels and leverage that to build real relationships in real life that lead yes. to sales right and building commercial relationships yes so i think those are some of the things that I definitely want to dive in with you. A lot of my audience are entrepreneurs or, or sales folks and leaders, especially in these challenging times, I think, where it's difficult to get in front of folks. I, for one, love to travel and get in front of people, but we can't do that right now. So yep. how do we build trust? How do we build a relationship when we can't see each other? I think are things that you can provide a ton of value around. So those are some of the things that I want to get into. Okay. But Excellent. as I'd love to kind of take a step back and go back to the beginning for you anyway, right? So you're a long-term seasoned salesman, ton of success, and you have been doing it for a while before the social thing came around. So my first question for you, I'd love to get a feel for what it was like the first time that you saw the social phenomenon, right? You're in your day-to-day sales life, and and now uh, this new social trend comes along. What was that like for you, and, and did you really see the impact of it up front? The big thing for me was back in 2014, 2015, where I was working for a large US software company and we were on premise and the SaaS disruptors came along and uh, we were used to 18 month sales cycles where if you made a mistake, it didn't really matter because you you could make it up as you went along. And we actually recruited somebody in from one of the SaaS vendors and he said, we close on the first meeting. 
and at that point everything that we basically lived for for the, the last 20 years fell down we had to completely retrain the sales force we had to retrain them to, to stop using powerpoint so we we taught them how to use storytelling on whiteboards we taught them how to start using social because even social selling was pretty pretty rudimentary back then in 2015 and it was just amazing that the, the change that it took place uh, and we saw there's a lot of people that don't agree with the Gartner figures about somebody is 57% of the way through the buying process. But mm. we saw that back in 2015. A lot of people who say to say to me, you know, it's probably now more like 70%. And certainly on a, you know, in a COVID-19 where there's no shops, everybody's online and, and now we're comfortable with that. So we saw that take place, you know, back in 2015. And we're trying to work out ways because all of our processes from a sales perspective was at an expectation that nobody knew anything about your products and services. And that just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. We have BMW as a client and they now know and have organized the sales team that they now know that each customer who walks in the door will know more than their salespeople. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Because if you think about the BMW range, there's no way that you can be an expert on all of the BMW range. Maybe, you know, the X series or the seven series or, or, or something like that, but you can't be an expert on everything. So they've actually switched from, they expect the customer to turn up at the, the showroom. Things will open up soon and they will be doing that soon. And they expect the client to know more. So what they're doing is that they're, they're providing guidance and expertise around which, um, which loan to take. Or, for example, we were shown when we were when in there last, there was a, an M4 sports car. But there's actually a, an M, there's actually a, um, a 4 series, which is only 15 brake horsepower, less brake horsepower. Mm-hmm. Because it's less money and actually has a higher residual value. And so what they're saying to people is, if you want to have a high-performance Ford series, take the non-M1 because it'll be worth more at the end. And, you know, it's that sort of expertise, which you could never get off the internet, rather than the expertise of it's got these features and functions. And that's what's happened in sales, a complete transformation. And if you don't see that, you don't see the way the life works now. You're not seeing it properly. Yeah, it's really a fascinating flip of a paradigm shift, right? When you think about just what you said there, that folks, your customers are coming to the meetings knowing more than your salespeople are. It's just a a, a fascinating take. I mean, I certainly, I'm personally bought into the Gartner figures around, you know, roughly 60% of the information they need to make the decision they know before they talk to you in the first place. But to think they actually know more than you do as a salesperson, complete paradigm shift and completely, I think, changes the way that you communicate with them once you do talk with them. Yeah. And now, you know, there's no face-to-face meetings. So there's none of this sort of walking into someone's office, seeing pictures of the person fly fishing and going, oh, look, you're into fly fishing. Um, you know, I do that. I like to do that. And because, you know, or Formula One or whatever it is that they're, they're particularly interested in and immediately using that as a form of, of building rapport. And nowadays you know the only way that you're going to find that out is by looking the person up on linkedin or instagram or or basically on social because that's the way that they're living their lives and we have to change the way that we're selling to the way that people buying yeah so talk a little bit about that right if i'm a brand new entrepreneur and i'm starting today what's the process i want to go through to develop a, a strong social selling process if you want a strong social selling cadence 
we're a small organization you know we've got 15 people uh, in three and a half years and we're a global company and we've done that through social i mean there's nobody has got the budget nowadays to spend money on advertising mm-hmm. and nobody looks at advertising you know everybody gets a thousand messages a day from what lots of companies and organizations and we ignore them all and it's all buy my stuff buy my stuff and it's just a waste of time you know what we have with social is an ability to reach out to people and build a relationship. So not connect and have a contact, but actually connect with them and have a relationship. So, you know, you and I met through social. I'm on this podcast through social. It's something you came to me. You actually then became a client of ours. And then we've stayed in contact. You know, sitting next to my desk here, I've got a big pile of business cards. And, And really what we're doing is we're taking that big pile of business cards and we connect to all those people. And now with the business cards, when they're outdated in two or three years' time, that doesn't matter because everyone updates their LinkedIn profile and keeps the thing up to date. So, you know, you know if I want to know where Greg Rice is, I just look him up and, oh, oh that's oh, okay. What's he doing now? So th- there's an expectation now that, especially in B2B enterprise, which is where we work, if you rang, you know, my background is selling accounting systems. You know, if I rang a CFO and tried to get through, the person would just laugh at me. Mm-hmm. But we teach people, sales people, how to create content. If you create a piece of content which a CFO finds intriguing, interesting, educational, that person will then probably like it, may even comment on it. You then have the ability to connect and say, thanks very much for liking my piece of content. Can we connect? And then you can start building relationship and not pitching to them, but having a conversation with them. And so we're finding in the, the B2B enterprise space, Currently now, they, they need that more than ever. The other thing about the the, uh, on the research is that uh, nowadays there's more than 10 people required to make a decision in the enterprise space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you think about it, there'll be, you know, in COVID-19, there will be a business case for sure. So the CFO will be involved. There probably may be someone else in finance. You know, there will be the user department. There probably will be IT. There'll probably be architecture to make sure it fit. You know, so there's a whole bunch of people. And bringing all these people up and cold calling them, first of all, you piss people off when you cold call them. Whether you think it works or not, you do piss people off. Mm-hmm. If you want to go, if you want to sell by pissing people off, it never seems to me as being a really great way of starting a relationship. <laughs> They may even block you, which again, you means it's not a great way of starting, you know, starting a sale. So you're having to, to build a relationship and you're not able to do it face to face. So, but what you're able to do with social is build relationships at scale. So, you know, I can go on to social and we can find an account and we can connect to 10, 50, 100 people in that account and they will see you they see your content, they see your profile, and they'll, you know, they might think you're a spammer, but then if you've got a good profile, they might go, I think that person's worth connecting to. God, that person's got interesting content. I mean, I've had I've had three people today come and look at my LinkedIn profile, all who I then connected to, and they all said, You've been recommended to me as someone that knows something about social selling. Wow. So two of those people are in Brazil. So I have a person in Peru. So I basically said to the person in Peru, you need to contact these people. And another one is in from Denmark. And I've contacted my person in Denmark and said, you need to contact this person and, and you know, say you work for me. Did it? So immediately those people have got a warm reason to mm-hmm. contact those people and have a conversation and say, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing about social selling? And 
the conversation starts from there. They may say, well, we're not doing anything at the moment. We're just starting the process. But the thing is, is what we've done is that we've listened to a something that's going on social. We've reacted to it and we've built a relationship and that relationship is there forever. Yeah, and I think it's so critical to have the folks reaching out to you, right? When you can start the conversation with somebody reaching out to you because you shared something with them that's valuable, you're in a tremendous spot to just have a really great value-added conversation and hopefully build a sales relationship versus you know, trying to convince them through cold calling or shooting emails that, hey, I have something you might be interested in. You know, If you can pull yeah, them I, rather I, than push them, it's I, critical. I, and I get the power of cold calling because you can basically churn, you know, you can churn through people. But the thing is, is that it's just so in, inefficient. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had someone recently that has recommended my social selling book. So they're on a call and I know nothing about this call. They recommend my social selling book. Person from that goes and buys it. He posts a picture of it holding my book up mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Last time I looked, it had 20... 25 likes. The average person on LinkedIn has 500 connections. So what's 20 times 500? So that picture of my book as a kind of an advert for it mm-hmm. has gone through 20 times 500. And it's being done by all of the people outside of my network. Absolutely. Now I've connected to all those people. So they're now in my network and they're actually CEOs and, and people quite senior. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is that one of the things that we do is that we teach people it's not just about your network, it's about your network's network and about how the power of networks is propagating it out through that network. And it's kind of like witchcraft mm. because you don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. And these conversations are taking place. And all of a sudden, I've got someone promoting my book that I didn't know of and it's gone out through, you know, 10,000 people, which is an amazing, amazing efficient way of using the time or not. I mean, I didn't do anything. So zero time to me. What, what, what do you think is the key to getting them to magnify your message to their network? You, you just need to provide great content. And b- before any salesperson says, I- I'm a salesperson, I do, don't, don't do content. Salespeople are the best communicators in the world. We're actors and on a, on a world stage. We write emails that get action. You know, I need someone to come on a call with me next Thursday and everybody's busy. So what do I do? I write an email which is action-based and I'll probably get someone taken off somebody else's call to come on my call. We do responses to invitation to tenders and requests for proposals. We write management summaries on those we are great communicators all this stuff about i can't write it's basically just an excuse mm-hmm. and what we need to do is that we need to write things that people will be interested in which people will be curious about one of our sales leaders has written a one blog and he saved half a million 500k dollars in recruitment fees just by posting a one blog saying this is what it's like working here why didn't you send me your CV? And so we can use content in all kinds of different ways. It's not just about the mistake people make with content. They think it's the marketing thing where you throw mud at the wall and hope it sticks. You can write content for one to many, one to few. So it could be for a particular vertical or a particular account or one to one. So if you want to close a deal, you don't need to ring the person up and saying, you know, when are you going to do this? You can write a piece of content about the business case. Mm-hmm. and say, I've just written this blog. Before I post it, what do you think? 
and it'll be about them. You know, I write material about right. for a particular account, a particular person. It may go out to the big wide world, but it also is, is used as a way of moving things through the, the process. So how do you get noticed? Just create great content and don't be scared. And I know salespeople aren't scared about anything, but deep Not down true, they but... are. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is mental health awareness this week. So, you know, you, you can be scared. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen is that nothing happens. Yeah. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about anybody's beliefs. So don't talk about politics. Don't talk about, don't talk about anything that someone will have a belief system about. Talk about business. I remember going to see the CFO, the chief finance officer of Vodafone, which is the big sell company here in the uk mm -hmm. and i thought so i had all these questions about you know what's your big business issues and i thought it was going to be we're going to have a conversation about mobiles and um rolling out stuff but the fact of the matter is when they do a big network it will be like two billion dollars the sign off from that is well there's a business case and there's a big project and there's loads of people and you know it goes to the board it's signed off that's actually not what his problem was the, his problem was in the UK, I don't know if it's the same elsewhere, that they have 1,500 shops. And in those shops, above the shops, there's a flat. And actually, people ring him up and say, my tap's dripping. Come and sort it. And that was his big issue. And that's some of the things that oh. we, we, we often miss. So I could actually come out of that meeting and sit down and say, these are the top five things that I think are impacting telecommunications companies that have retail operations and i don't need to name the person i don't need to name the company mm -hmm. i can just write it 300 words it's as simple as that if i give you a 2000 word white paper you won't read it uh, if i give you a 300 word blog which will take you three minutes you will read it and it's simple as that and we've done stuff where there's been government procurements and the shutters come down. You're not supposed to talk to the, the client. And we've posted content that was applicable about a particular uh, procurement. Very we were already connected to the finance director and the finance director liked that, that article. It was pertinent to that particular bid. Yeah, so we were genius. able to influence, I think you call it federal, um, public sector, government-based bids mm -hmm. by using social and using content as a way of doing that. I've yeah. talked a lot. No, that's fine. That's, um, it, it's fascinating. And, and one of the things that originally really attracted me to you when we first got connected is a lot of the stories you were sharing, both in the book and then when we started chatting around how you're able to get in front of very senior folks very quickly, right? By leveraging social and leveraging your networks and building towards that. Um, and I think a lot of folks are excited to understand how to do that. I think you've been talking to that a bunch, right? So it's about developing good content that'll be relevant for them. It's about just like any other communication process. It's about understanding them and their needs and then speaking to those needs effectively. Yeah. It's so a lot of people think that social selling is kind of new, but, but it's, it's not, it's kind of what we've been doing forever. So people often think it's not about it's that it makes everything that they've learned so far irrelevant. It doesn't, it actually creates makes means that what you've learned so far is even more relevant and it's just talking to people and, and understanding being curious about their business mm -hmm. and understanding their their problem and then replaying that back to them and all the things like you know i remember having a being told when the first things in sales was what you need to do is get everybody your client to agree that they want your unique selling points your usps 
because then obviously the, the competition can't do that. You can still do that whether you talk to people on social. The people that I see that say that social selling takes a long time is a well-known thing in my company. If you want to piss me off, you say social selling takes a long time. <laughs> and the people that say that, and generally you know that you can, if you look on LinkedIn, they're not salespeople. They haven't been bad carrying salespeople. Mm-hmm. They're usually marketers. And yes, there is a long game that you can play with social. You know, the world has changed even before COVID-19 with social. You can contact any CEO, any board member through social. And you can do it any way you like. You can be spammy and you'll be ignored and blocked, or you can do it and build relationships. You know, I remember um, reaching out to the um, the CEO of Avaya. That was on a Thursday. I had a meeting with him, his head of PR and his head of marketing on the next Tuesday. That's amazing. And that was that was purely about understanding what every person in the world right now is having their sales and marketing disrupted. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's the case. Then what you need to do is is understand that and work out a way that you can get to the person that they will be, that they will listen to you. But walk me through how you did that. How did you go about kind of connecting with them and convincing them to meet with you? Well, we still in contact with Steve. He said that you've got to realize that someone at that level is getting 10, 20 connection requests or, or inbound every day. Absolutely. But you have to be different. So if you're using templates, that just going to bin. So you have to craft things from scratch. I was talking to a CIO um, just before Christmas and talking about him and saying, so you must get loads of stuff. And he said, yeah, and he said, currently he thought it was really funny because there was two rival companies that were trying to sell to him. And they were really at rivals where, you know, if they meet in a lobby or whatever, there's a fight, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and he said they were using the same template. Exact same template. Uh, uh, this exact same template. A lot of people say in sales training, how much is that customer worth to you? If you're into B2B enterprise, and if you're selling you know, anything from $100K upwards, that's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's worth the time to create something from scratch. Now, you, you can use base it on a template, but you, you can't necessarily cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. Because what you need to do is everybody has their own unique requirements per account and per industry mm-hmm. and it's no different from i'm old enough to actually have written letters to people it's no different from if you want to go to the ceo of one of the uh, big companies you wrote a unique letter it may be the same structure or the same format mm-hmm. but you wrote something completely different because some people are laying people off some people are not because they're cash rich some people are being hit by this differently depending on the industry and then the company within the industry some companies will have higher debt you know some companies will have gone through a whole load of mergers and acquisitions and will have higher debt some people won't so you have to treat people independently and as i say if how much is that client worth to you and it's worth putting the time but first have you ever thought about doing your own podcast i'll tell you if you're a business owner you absolutely should be There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network, and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. 
But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast. I don't know where to start or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their done-for-you podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode and they do everything else. From end to end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media. Because I tell you, it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the done for you podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. So you'll create a customized blog post, which I think makes all the sense in the world, but then share that directly with them. Like, so this isn't kind of a customized email we're talking about. This is a blog post or, or something like that. That's relative to their world that we're then getting in front of them somehow. Yeah. There's a number of ways. I mean, it could be they've posted something and what you do is you like it because they will then see in their uh, notifications you and they'll then probably come and look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that you write a comment on something they've posted. Or it could be that you send them a connection request. Now, you have to remember the connection requests on social are permission-based. It's not interruption. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the old way of selling, you know, advertising, email, cold calling is all based on interruption. Mm-hmm. I interrupt you and I broadcast a message. Social isn't like that. And the mistake that people make is that they, they think it is. So that what they'll do is that they send the connection request, interrupt me, and then broadcast my message, their message. I then block them. Some people even send me a, a broadcast message in the connection request. Again, I block them because they're not people I want to do business with, whether they have a solution for me or not. Mm-hmm. And so we go back to this is about permission, it's about relationship. So if, if in the days when you can, when we go back to normal and we can go up to people and talk to them at networking events, you know, we have a conversation. Where do you live, Greg? Where did you go to school? Have you traveled far? All of those things that make us human um, now, a lot of these things are on somebody's LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. So on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that I've done charity rides, cycling rides. On my LinkedIn profile, you'll see where I've worked. You'll see where I went to university. So I've had someone connect to me that said, um, all it said was, um, do you remember the Silver Sword? Now, the Silver Sword, for those that have been to Coventry University, is the first pub outside of the campus. Uh-huh. And I've spent many an, an evening in there, obviously not partaking. <laughs> um, but of course I knew. And someone else wrote to me said, recently and said, did you ever go to Colin Campbell, which was another pub in, in Coventry that was frequented by students. One of the things that we do, and we've done this forever, is that we've built that rapport. As when we went into the office and we saw people with the fly fishing or the pictures or whatever and started a conversation, you now can start a conversation with people. But we all know that nobody likes being pitched to. So if you want to piss people off, pitch to them. If you don't and want to build a relationship with them, then don't. Just like you and me, you know, we we had a conversation. I can't remember how it went, but you ended up being a customer of ours. And, you know, the same with this. Now we're talking now. I can't remember the research is, but 97% of people are not buying your product right now. And what you need to do is find the the 3% that are, and you need to find them quick. Traditionally, what we did is we rang people up and said, are you buying or not? 
Mm -hmm. uh, now it's far easier to do that by connecting to people on social and having a conversation. But as you go through and connect and have these different conversations, people will see what you stand for. They see what your belief systems are. They see your content and gradually you move forward. But of course, every connection you make is there forever. And so some, you know, somebody that may connect with you now and say, that's not for me, they are connected to you and they may go in six months time. That's ready. I'm ready to buy that now. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that you taught me, which I found really interesting and I've almost enjoyed working into all of my, I guess, social selling, if you will, is, is the importance of bringing in your own personality, right? Mm -hmm. And that it's not 100% professional. It's not just about the product, the service, the sale. It's also about me as an individual. What makes me unique? What's my unique take on this particular subject? And kind of talking from that viewpoint. I like that. I do. Because when I was cold calling, I never had a script. It was always about using your personality. You know, you get through to people by using, by using your personality. And, and it's the same on social. It's no different. It's social media. It's, it's about being social. People buy people. You buy people from people that you know and love. You also may not like the person, but you have a relationship with the person, but you can, you can still buy from them. But I totally agree. It is about your personality. And for those people who are introverts out there and say, oh, it's not, I'm not an extrovert. As an introvert myself, social is actually easier for us because it actually allows us to, you know, we get a, a, um, a comment from somebody and I can go away and think about it for an hour. I don't have to respond straight away. Mm -hmm. The thing is, social is that you're in, in total control about that individual. If they come back, you can block them, you can talk to them, you, know, you can do what you like. Um, but it works for, for introverts as it does for extroverts. Yeah, very. Just a couple more questions for you here. One yeah. is, I'm really curious about the best approach for moving the conversation from social to in-person, right? It's a really important transition. And, and I'm curious your thoughts on the best way to do that. Some people think that social selling means you've got to transact the whole of the, the deal on social. It's not that. So social is about as an additional thing to the way that you work as a salesperson. And always there's a hierarchy of things that you want to do. The first and foremost is have a face-to-face -face meeting, which is kind of different at the difficult at the moment. <laughs> the next thing is you want to have a call. So as soon as someone gets into a, an, an interaction with you on social, what you want to do, so if you're talking mainly on, say, LinkedIn, and you say you've made a comment on someone's profile, on someone's post, and they've come back and said, oh, yeah, thanks very much, I would immediately send that person a connection request and mm -hmm. say, you know, I made a comment, on uh, we haven't met, but um, can we connect? At that point, see if that person basically responds. If that person responds, and, and there's, a, there's a tiny bit of of a, a connection there, I would immediately ask and say, shall we get on a call and talk about it? Mm, that quick. But, but do not use sales cliches. Sales cliches are things like, have we got any synergies? So what that means is, <laughs> I'm going to try and sell you something. <laughs> I mean, and as buyers, I mean, we're not stupid. We know what all these things mean. You know, like... There's a guy that came to me recently that we're having this conversation about things. And then he immediately suggested a call. And when he did that, he was obviously starting to use templates because it said, regards, I'm going to use your name, Greg, isn't it? Just, you know, regards um, Greg Rice and his telephone number. I know that you're trying to be professional, but I know who you are. 
because I'm having a conversation with you and I don't need your telephone number because I know where you are on social. But I thought, you're, just, you're now switching into sales mode, at which point it irritated me. Yeah. He was doing really well at getting a meeting with me, but you've got to be so careful. And this is the thing that I find the hardest because ever since we were small babies, it was beaten into us that we needed to sell. And the moment you get a, a client, you have to sell to them. It's not like that anymore. It's not about you being less a person, or it's not about you being not macho enough, mm. or I'm telling you to be soft, or woke, or whatever. This is about, this is psychology. People don't like being sold to. It pisses them off. So the moment you do it, you, you immediately are pushing your pe- you're pushing the people away. With social, now I know that you had this, Greg, where what you found is that social pulls people towards you. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a great example. You were going to a conference and uh, you looked on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You found the people that were that had been at the conference a year before through the, um, the hashtag. Mm-hmm. And then you connected to them. You followed them on Twitter and you connected to them on LinkedIn. And you sent them a note. Now, I'm getting, my memory is getting a bit blurry at this point. But it was like, oh, uh, right. last year you were at this conference. I just wondered whether you were at this conference, going to the conference this year. I'm going about fancy if I buy you coffee. And you got, I think, 20 people, 20 meetings? It was, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was up there. It was actually a really successful return on my time, right? It yeah, was over yeah, double yeah, digits for sure. And another thing I did, I, I focused on some of the speakers at that event as well and kind of reaching out to them. And you're right, we worked together on that tremendous value and, and a lot of great conversations coming out of that, a lot of in-person meetings. But that was just a case of, you know, if you get to a conference... <laughs> But, you know, if you go to a conference, 50% of the time, it's pretty boring. Yeah. If you're there with a the mate, it's all right. But if you're there, it's, it's pretty boring. And um, and actually, some, sometimes someone's saying to you, do you know, I'll buy you a coffee. And you go, oh, sorry, I'm, 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 it, it'll probably pitch to me. But, you know, it, it, you know, I, I haven't got anything else to do. Yeah. There's no sessions I want to see. So I might as well this, you know. And, and so, you know, you might as well do it. But it's a great little tactic. And it didn't take you very long. I remember you, like, because, you know, looking on, on hashtags on Twitter and then doing the connection. And you, in that case, you did do a, a template because it was a case of you're at this, can we have a coffee? Um, yeah. And you cut and yeah. paste that. And there was like, and you got 20 people. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was zero really to 20 in like a day. I remember you like sending me a message saying, I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. I'm going to have to leverage that again here in the near future. Yeah. So really quickly, if, if I told you, you know, I'm starting a new company, I need to drive sales, what would kind of be the three key things you should say I should focus on from a social selling perspective if I'm starting so, from complete so, scratch? So three things. First thing you need to do is you need to have a profile on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, on social. Usually it would be on LinkedIn and you need to have a profile which we call biocentric. That is not about your company and your products, but about your your belief system. So mm-hmm. I use my LinkedIn profile as an example. Um, my summary title is the most visible thing on social anywhere. So if you Google yourself, you'll see your photograph, your name, and that summary title. And that's about creating curiosity of getting someone to look at your profile. Mm-hmm. So when looking at your profile, it's a bit like a cold call. In effect, what you're doing is that someone's seeing you and they're seeing what you're, what you're about. 
So you need that. There's plenty of room to talk about your products and services in, in your company details, but this is about your belief system. So if anyone comes to my LinkedIn profile, it's a great example of using storytelling as a way of, of creating curiosity to, for people to look at and read what you do rather than going, I'm Tim Hughes and I sell stuff. And you go, well, I'm not really interested in what you do. Mm-hmm. The second thing you need is a network. So most people's networks are ex-colleagues and recruitment consultants, which is kind of interesting, but isn't enough. What you need to do is connect to all your customers or your partners, anybody that you've ever done business with and anybody you want to do business with, plus influencers, and they may be people within companies. They may be people like Brian Solis or whatever. And you will find probably in that process of sitting down and connecting to, every, you know, I'm going to spend a day connecting to as many people as I can. You can connect to 200 people a day on with LinkedIn. Wow. You'll probably find that in that first day, you actually get business. Because, because at that point, there's a, that, that's when there's a synchronicity basically kicks in, which is you connect to, you'll connect to Fred and you've known Fred for years. And then Fred goes, I didn't know you did that. You got a startup. Oh, that's really exciting, isn't it? And you go, yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you fancy a coffee, Fred? And they'll go, yeah, okay. Yeah. Tell us about it. Or it will be, oh yeah, we're looking for one of those. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is the person goes, oh, yeah, we bought one of those six months ago. And it's rubbish about social selling takes a long time. Just in that time of connecting to people, you will probably get business. If you don't get business, it will probably be because your profile is crap Mm. and it's too salesy. The third thing that you need is content. And we've talked about that, about how you need to write in a way that that, that's going to be applicable to to your buyers their business issues, showing empathy, not that you're not in a, some sort of soft um, way, but empathy as in, I understand your situation right now. You know, I understand that you're furloughing staff. I understand that, you know, some of your best team are being laid off. I understand that. And also help. So we've done things like offer people free one hour LinkedIn profile reviews mm-hmm. on the basis. And they'll say, well, I haven't got any money. So, well, no, it's free. And when you do get some money, remember us. And that, you know, if you've got something about your product that you can help people right now, offer it for free. And that's the sort of thing that you need to do because not a lot of people have money. Mm. And if they do have money, they're probably spending it on other things. But when they do have money, they will remember you. For sure, for sure. Does that help, Greg? No, absolutely, absolutely. And I can speak from experience. I know from a profile perspective, something that you helped me with is telling that story. Right. So yes. telling my personal story, but then also even looking at my career to date and telling that in kind of a story format. Right. Here's why yeah. I went from A to B, and this is how it applies to where I'm at now at C. And this is why. Yeah, I yeah, yes. Well, lucky for me, I spent my Sunday talking to a sales guy working for a CRM vendor who needs to update <laughs> his profile. So I said, you know, why did you go in sales? He said, oh, I, I, all the usual bullshit things of I want to make money and I like talking to people and and it's like no you didn't that's not why you went in sales um and um I said so so, why did you really go to sales he said well I actually saw about it in the movies and I said you like movies (laughs) I love movies that's what I do in most of my time right okay so you uh, so what's your favorite movie He, he told me that so what we did was we wrote his profile about I love movies None of this tenacious, energetic salesperson. We're all tenacious, energetic salespeople, and it's meaningless. But here's a sales guy that's saying, I love movies. 
he's an Indian guy, so he loves Bollywood, uh, Collywood, which is, I've forgotten now, and Tamil, Tamil Indian films, as well as Hollywood films. And, and immediately what, what he's doing is you're getting to know the person. And what you're doing is, I'm to say, you're using social to bring you closer to you rather than push you away. We know he's a sales guy, so he does talk about sales at the bottom, but it's all about his journey of how he got there. Yeah. And and in so in in the brain, there's two parts of the brain. There's the limbic brain, and uh, which is your basically your monkey brain. And the monkey brain doesn't understand language. It's it's fight or flight. You know, we're on the Serengeti. We get up in the morning and the biggest thing today is we've got to get something to eat and stop being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. And what we do is that we understand emotion. Mm-hmm. We don't understand language, but we understand fight or flight. And what you're trying to do is you, you appeal to that emotion. It's your heart that you're appealing to. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you write about yourself and your company, you appeal to the other type of the brain, which understands language. And then they start thinking fact. If you say, for example, I've done this job for 15 years, they'll go and look and find someone who's done it for 17 years. And what you're doing is at that point, when you create that curiosity to read the rest of your profile, you're appealing to, appealing to the Olympic brain, which is story-based and not language-based. Mm-hmm. And it has a different emotion in you. Because yeah. I, I, I remember reading yours and, and it's like nearly a tear came to the eye because you have a number of belief systems. There's a number of things that are really important to you in your life, like your family, mm-hmm. which appeals to an awful lot of people. You have done a number of things in your life around that family, which have been, you've sacrificed certain, certain things for that family. And when you read it, you go, I read it and went, oh, oh I'd already met you, but you'd read it and you go, I want to meet this guy. Mm-hmm. Which, whereas other salespeople are going to go, I don't want to meet that guy. <laughs> and the thing is that, again, if, if someone reads it and go, I don't like Greg, well, they were never going to buy from you. Yeah, true. And when you get to my age, you realize that some people in life don't like you. And, what, and, and actually what you do is you qualify those out. So rather than have salespeople running around hoping people like them, What you do is you go, right, immediately you've got segmentation because if someone comes to Greg's profile, reads that and go, right, I I understand where Greg is coming from. I think just by looking at his LinkedIn profile, he's a great guy. I'd like to meet him. You've qualified those people in. I remember, I think you told me, you know, think about your summary as if I just met somebody at a bar in the first part of the conversation. What would I tell them about myself and try to communicate? that across. So yeah. I, know, I know we're pushing up on time. One very specific content question. When you're thinking about how much content to post, any guidance there? Uh, yeah, on LinkedIn, uh, one, maybe two articles a day. One is, en- one is enough. R- remember, if you're not posting, you're not present. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, you can post you know, 20 times a day because it's so fast flowing. But a lot of people don't realize on LinkedIn that in effect, as soon as you post the second thing, the other thing kind of goes away Mm -hmm. so you need to be very clear about what it is that you want to you want to post but if you're not posting you're not present are you doing much on instagram facebook other social Um, channels yeah so instagram yeah i do stuff on that it's mainly personal pictures which is fine Mm -hmm. it's not company related the same on facebook i post stuff it's but it's about me and my me and my family Mm -hmm. Um, again that's about me i don't mind people at work seeing that because I think everybody now, certain nowadays, when we've all been on Zoom calls, 
and you see what's going on behind, you know, the books and the stuff. We've got a, a view into people's personal lives anyway. And that's kind of what you get with my Facebook. You know, you get the fact that I'm out cycling with my partner or or the fact that she's posted something and tagged me, you know, so. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, just one more question for you. Kind of looking back at what you've built throughout all this time and the great company that you've built and all the struggles that came along with it, is there one communication skill that you wish you have had in more abundance in the past that maybe would have made it a little bit easier for you? For me, presentations is, have always been, I'm not a natural presenter. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that I went on a graduate scheme at a very big computer company called ICL, International Computers Limited, and we did a, we, they taught us all kinds of things. But those presentation skills were important, but it was in effect presenting a, a fact-based presentation. What my business partner, Adam Gray, has taught me is that um, if you speak at a conference, actually what they want is entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Adam stopped me writing. I don't write presentations anymore. Adam has to do them all for me. Now, <laughs> Adam, people generally don't know it. They, he, he actually trained as a violinist. Oh, interesting. And so he understands the performance. And so the preparation to it, actually, where are you going to stand on the stage? Where are your hands going to be? And in effect, building a metaphor with your body, those are the things that I wish I'd had earlier. I mean, I see some amazing speakers, you know, like uh, Mark Schaefer and people like that, where it just seems to come naturally to them. I'm sure they do as much preparation as I do. I'm forever beating myself up with, it's not good enough. Though I have people coming up to me at the end saying, that was really good. I don't know whether they're being nice to me or whatever, but it's that ability to present ideas well is a fantastic skill to have. Absolutely. Very powerful to have. And I love the idea of building a metaphor with your body. I haven't heard that yeah. term before. That's that's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. So yeah. Um, just tell the audience kind of where's the best place for them to find you? So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Timothy Hughes. And Hughes is spelled H-U-G-H-E-S. It's Timothy Tim Hughes. So you can get me under Tim Hughes or Timothy Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, which is Timothy underscore Hughes. And my email is... Uh, tim at dlaignite.com um, and you can get me on any of those and where can they check out the book yes thanks for mentioning that i've forgotten yeah uh, um, i love the book that's what turned me on to you in the first place so tremendous uh, book i definitely recommend it, 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 and, it and it still sells um i mean it's amazing um the uh, so the book is social selling techniques to influence buyers and change makers it's available on amazon worldwide and uh, it's not about me and my journey it's actually a practical guidebook about how to use social there's something like 85 star reviews. And as I say, I've got people that have read it three, four, five times. And, you know, they've underlined stuff because it is, it's, it's about how can I get, when Matt and I wrote it, it was about how can I get a salesperson up and running with basic social selling skills as much as you can do in a book as quickly as we can. So it's not really about how to use LinkedIn. It's about how to use social and, and apply it to your job. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can definitely attest to some really powerful strategies and, and methods in there. So Thank I would you. definitely recommend it, especially for anybody starting out and trying to social sell, anybody trying to build trust without being able to meet folks, which is uh, of critical importance right now during these COVID-19 times. So Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate the time today. Super valuable stuff. I, I know my audience walked with a lot of great insights around social selling. And I'd urge you to reach out to Tim if, if you have any needs in, in that area. He's amazing. As you've heard, we've worked together and it was a really valuable time. 
for me, Spen. I, I learned I'm, a lot from them. I'm pleased to, and, and I, I would say, please reach out to me. And if you do, say that you heard about me on the on your podcast, Greg. That would be tremendous. I appreciate that. So I hope everybody has a great day. And I uh, just want to remind you that you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. Thanks a lot. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.